0: Stick to any of it?
1: No, scratch it.
0: <laughs> yeah, we scratch we, we it. flew by the seat of our pants, and it it works out well for us for yeah. the most part.
1: We are three fourths of the way to a hundred episode, and we are on episode seventy five today. And we are doing our first locality talk uh in in a long time. uh It's probably been what like three four months, maybe even longer. Nathan,
0: yeah, yeah. Space them out. There's not a ton to work with.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um I think it'd be interesting maybe to get some people from other countries who maybe have like Borneos or stuff like that. But anyways, episode 75 is about Salayers. Um, Salayers personally from the seven islands that are South of Sulawesi. Um, the lesser Sundas, uh, Sundas islands that some people call them or the Bonneray islands. I think that's what they used to be called. Um, yeah. So I think Salayers are probably my favorite out of those seven, um, and I'm excited to kind of jump in about them. Obviously, I'm a little biased here because of the clutch that I just produced, but. Wait, wait
0: not not just produced, but just pipped. Just hatched. Yesterday? Yeah. And yeah January 1st. How, just one out so far?
1: One is out, and there's a couple that had like their necks out. And every time I open the tub, they just go back into the egg. So I'm pretty sure a lot more already, but I've just been bothering them so much that they're probably just using it as a hide now.
0: I'm I'm the only one that's bothered because I send you all the pictures. I FaceTime you like a maniac when babies are hatching. I, I got a FaceTime call, but let's be fair. I got to see the cutting. You
1: You cut you cut all 20 of yes, the eggs or I, 24 I got, of the I, eggs. I, I,
0: I need more pictures. I've been I, excited about this clutch for a while.
1: They're, I've tried taking pictures in the eggs, and they're just not coming out good. And that's the only reason why I haven't sent them to you.
0: Still more of the same, though, that we were talking yeah. about?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll jump into what we're looking at when we jump into the episode, kind of what I'm seeing and, uh, we'll show you some videos and pictures that I've been able to send Nathan so far. Uh, Okay.
0: Before we get too excited talking about all the, all the Soler stuff, just big shout out to our Patreon family. If you want to join us, go over to patreon.com slash the lounge, become a member there, join our discord, uh, as always support us arc uh lucas anything else thanks to all our sponsors heli guy serpents Stuart designs uh focus cubed habitats and VivTech. of course yes. Viv Tech. we just gave away a big gift package to one of our patreon members
1: yeah so we did uh a giveaway over the holidays that um one of our patreon members was it uh price jack 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 one
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, jack it was one. Jack, yeah it was jack yeah
1: um but yeah so we i was just
0: confused why you went price jack
1: (laughs) (laughs) backwards forward um but yeah i do have one more announcement uh before we jump in uh kind of the most important part of this episode is we're gonna have chris mcvicker on to talk about this episode and salayer talk for those of you that don't know um and maybe i'll ask him maybe his mind has changed but chris mcvicker has always told me salayers have been his favorite he wanted to produce salayer's um, and I was fortunate enough that he gave me a phenomenal deal on the male that produced the clutch that I just hatched out. Um, and he also has a piece of history with the layers here in the U S. So I figured why not have Chris on again to talk about his favorite locality. I feel like it would just boost elevate the video. Um, and uh, yeah, anytime that we're talking about the I can hear uh, how much he likes them. So We'll go ahead and bring him on. Whether you're just getting into retics or you've been breeding for years, the first place you want to visit is Stewart Design. More and more breeders keep showing up at shows on Morph Market and are all over social media. Sometimes it may feel possible to get anyone's attention. Stewart Designs helps small businesses like yours do big things through brand clarity, helping entrepreneurs to start and scale businesses that are easy to know and love. Their work can help any company or industry, but they've done a ton of work for ours. Stewart Design created the brands for U.S. Canova, Reach Out Reptiles, Coiled, and dozens of other well-known reptile breeders. Like many of us, the owner of Stewart Design, Blake, is a keeper and breeder who fell in love with Retix through first working with Garrett Hartle. Although Stewart Design does a lot of corporate work, Blake has a passion for working with people in the reptile industry. Stuart design can help if you're just getting started or you're ready to take things to the next level. You're struggling to stand out and build your presence online or at shows. You don't want to be like the other guys or get lost in the crowd and you want to make your own way doing what you love. And also you have big ideas and know your business is special, but you need help sharing it with the reptile community. If something here resonates with you, reach out to Blake and have a conversation. To learn more or get started, visit stuartdesignbrands.com or call them at 855-SD-LOGOS. Clear brands own markets. Stuart Design helps create them. If you are in the market for an enclosure for your reticulated python or any other one of your reptiles, Focus Cube Habitats is your one-stop shop for not only the best-looking cages on the market, but also provide amazing features and add-ons to your cages. We partnered with Focus Cubed Habitats because they continue to innovate and change the way we house our animals unlike any other caging company out there. Their cages are designed intelligently and provide the most stylish and secure housing for your animals' comfort and well-being. Visit FocusCubedHabitats.com for your animals' caging needs. Again, visit FocusCubedHabitats.com for some amazing and stylish enclosures.
0: We also want to thank VivTech Products for being an affiliate sponsor of the Retic Lounge. Stop by VivTech Products for the best UV spectrum lighting on the market that will enhance and improve your snake's overall well-being and health. Visit VivTechProducts.com and use the code ReticLounge23 today for 15% off. Again, visit VivTechProducts.com and use our affiliate Code Lounge 23 today for 15% off. Looking for the perfect accessories for your hatchlings or juvenile RETICs? Look no further than Helly Guy Serpents. Our sponsor, Chris Sexton, is coming in hot with an amazing 3D printer, creating top-notch perches and other caging accessories for your beloved pets. Enrich your RETICs environment with their high-quality products. Use our promo code TRL10 for a 10% discount on your purchase. Visit them today at heliguyserpents.com and start giving your pets the best. Heli Guy Serpents, the premier source for 3D printed caging accessories. Again, that's www.heliguyserpents.com and use our promo code TRL10 for 10% off all of your 3D printed accessories today. Chris. Hey, how's it going, guys? What's going on, man? Long no. time no see, man. I miss you. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's been a minute.
1: Um, speaking of seeing yeah, Nathan, are you going to try to come down to Arlington and, well, I guess it's not going to be Arlington anymore. It's Dallas?
0: Dallas? Is yeah. it still February or when is it?
1: I think it might have been changed to the first weekend of March. I haven't even looked. I'll
0: I will, to look. I will certainly do my best.
1: So with that being said, if you guys want to join our Patreon to help funds for airplane <laughs> travel, reach out to us. That, join that's the basically best...
0: all I need, right? So yeah. we, we need to get on skip lagged right now and start looking at prices.
1: Right, 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 right. Um, Chris, we're going to skip your whole lengthy introduction on who you are. We've had you on before, and actually it's still to this day is one of my favorite episodes. For those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, we had Chris McVicker on and He talked about his growth through the industry of keeping for about two decades and where he sees himself with bigger enclosures, um, you know, adding more enrichment and just kind of his evolution of keeping reticulated pythons. It's a great episode. Um, By the way, how are the new setups
0: working for you?
2: dude? I love them. (laughs) So much better than my old crap, man. (laughs) <laughs>
0: well, I mean, are, are we talking about the old crap that you had just before or the picture that you posted, you well, know, of your I very mean, beginning?
2: When I first started, it was different, but I'm, I'm referring to this most recent stuff that I've had. Okay. Like cool. it, uh, It's just easier to mess with them. They seem to enjoy it more. They're, you know, moving around a lot more. So I'm really, really liking it.
1: Not only that, but I bet it feels 10 times better when you're in the garage now. And you're like you get to go down there and see those big beautiful enclosures behind you. Um, Yeah, I don't know about it's rewarding to get to see them under the UVB lights. Yeah, it just it's real cool.
2: Yeah, it's a game changer for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. Glad that um, you know someone that's been in the game as long as you have forked out and dished out all the money because we it's not cheap. Oh no, it's not cheap at all.
2: It it takes time, like. Yep. The, the bigger breeders, you know, it, it would be a massive undertaking to revamp something like that. But, you know, I'm just downsized, so it's it's a lot easier for me to do it.
1: Yeah, I'm actually, as we're talking right now, uh, I'm trying to switch gear slowly into the Salayer talk, and I'm looking at pulling the, um, pulling Salayer up on the map, Um. Nathan, I don't know if you're able to do that so that we can share the screen and uh, uh, refer yeah, to
0: people. I should be able to do that pretty quick.
1: Um, but yeah, so let's first talk about the kind of. I, I want to hear kind of your opinions, thoughts on Solaire's, Chris. I know that we've talked. You said it's your favorite. Is it still your favorite?
2: Still my favorite. How come? I mean, just the, the color and pattern, just by themselves alone, is amazing. Uh, and then when you start mixing in the morphs, it adds quite a bit to it. It's just something I've really enjoyed playing with the past, you know, few years.
1: Yeah, I I still tell people I have yet to see a better tiger than a Slayer tiger.
2: Those Slayer tigers look phenomenal, man.
1: Yeah. Um, Slayers are known for having these nice, longer, white rosettes. And when you just add tiger into there it kind of just like the the rosettes pop out to you. It has these nice thick blacks and it adds that orange and red depth color to it that gives it that contrast with like the typical brown background that you see or even like the yellow. Um,
2: Or even like the the Phantom Slayers that I've produced, a lot of them have a a lot of white striping down the sides where the rosettes elongate and it just looks, looks really neat.
1: Yeah, that's one of my favorite things about... So and my goal with this clutch is I'm hoping that there are, I don't plan to hold any back unless I have one animal that has like at least three or four rosettes that are all connected because they like stripe out. I want to try to selectively breed some for that long stripe, like white line, right. if if that's even possible, but we'll see. Um, So what's really cool and why I also wanted to have you on was, you well i guess you had past tense had a piece of history with salayer so um while nathan's trying to pull up the map right now i kind of want to i'm
0: just not getting any good large images so oh that's okay bear with me
1: um can you pull up the maps on your
0: that that's what i was trying to do as well but didn't work i i mean it, it would take a minute and I'm not sure that I could share it to the screen. Let's see. Okay.
1: We'll see if that works. If not, then let's knock that off and let's pull up some pictures of some larger Solares.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Keep it going, but I'll, I'll, I'll see you in the next minute or two.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to kind of go into some history and some data about Solares. And before I do that, I want to give a huge shout out to uh uh Glenn McClellan. Um, he, was the one that we had on for the history of reticulated pythons and he covered Solaire's really well in that episode, but he's also in the process of finalizing publishing. Um, right now the title is the complete Dorf and super Dwarf reticulated Python. And it is by far the most comprehensive reticulated Python book that has ever been written. Um, he's been nice enough to send me a copy of the book to look through, and so I am using the information on this book that he compiled together through talking to people like Greg Bryant. Greg Bryant is kind of like the godfather. Oh, perfect. Um, What's that noise?
2: Sorry, that's my washing machine. Cool.
1: <laughs> mine's Mine's a long ass song that plays for like sixty seconds. It's way better oh, than mine. Um. But, yeah, so um, some of the historical data that I'm about to provide you guys is, is, you know, in thanks to Glenn and all the background information and research that he did uh, for this morph. But um, so, yeah, I was talking about Greg Bryant. Greg Bryant's kind of like the godfather of Salayer's, you know, we could say in the U.S., but really just like, period. And the reason why I say that is because over in the U.K., they just produced their first uh, captive bread Salayer. Uh, clutch uh, last year in twenty twenty two no actually er, yeah twenty twenty three yeah. yeah oh I guess I was right last year twenty twenty three um and uh, but Greg Bryant is probably still to this day who he hasn't been breeding saliers for I don't know well over a decade um he still probably has produced more saliers than anyone else he was the person who first pro- uh, produced captive saliers back in. Uh, in between two thousand three and two thousand four, so, um, and in that very, very first clutch, uh, Chris McVicker was able to own a beautiful big female that, um, recently passed away. Right? Yeah. Um, how did you get her? Why did you get her? Like, um. So I-
2: I got her in a, a part trade with uh, Aubrey, and uh, I sold him uh, my old Aldabra tortoise. And he said he had a, a pure Slayer female that was big, old. I was like, hell yeah, I, I want it. You know, it's it's been my favorite locality for quite some time now. and Got her. Unfortunately, I don't have any, like, really great pictures of her, you know, outside the enclosure. Cause, uh, Nathan's got one. Was... Oh, yeah?
1: Oh, in the enclosure, but
2: Nathan's yeah, got yeah. one. Outside the enclosure, she was his a female. bit of a handful, but still one of my favorite snakes I've ever had. And she passed, what was it? Thanksgiving weekend? Yeah. Well, we were out of town. So she lived a good 20 or so years and was a great snake.
1: Yeah. So she was born in 2003 or 2004, lived to be about 20. Um, and... Uh,
0: is this the snake you're referring to? Yep,
1: yep, that's her right there. Okay. Um man, and that's I feel like as they age, and this is what I love about it, because here in a minute we'll show pictures of my current female that laid now and then when she laid earlier. But it seems like when Soleil's age, um that background color away from the dorsal pattern just becomes like a chocolate like chocolate brown slash reddish color and it just it looks amazing
2: yeah they're phenomenal localities man
1: you know and they say that bollies are you know the ones with the yellow heads and you know although that's right i feel like slayers are up there man i have yet to see a slayer that doesn't have a yellow or orange head
2: i was gonna say my my old bali uh i had an probably gonna butcher the name Nota to howie bali
1: mm-hmm.
2: when i first kind of got into retics and she she had a really nice yellow head, but I mean it doesn't doesn't even compare to the Slayer color.
0: Yeah, I, I was telling Lucas when he was cutting his eggs that I I I wasn't expecting the orange when they were first hatching out. Like, unlike any other retic I've seen hatching, they're just like bright orange.
1: Yeah, I mean, and Chris, I'll try to. Well once they come out we'll see but yeah, some were so orange it almost looks like a pastel like or or a, a platinum I'm using <laughs> ball python terms over here with pastel
0: <laughs> I was like whoops. Uh, hey
2: I-, I use it with my citron stuff so right
0: okay okay
2: it's a descriptive word it yeah ex- exactly but I, yeah. I got
0: what you were you you meant but I I had to think about it for a second
1: yeah. So, um, Nathan, as I'm going through and kind of talking a little bit more about the history here, if you want to shuffle through some of the adult pictures, um, just to kind of give people a visual representation, but yeah, the the first r- imported retic, um, from Solaire was around 99. Um, and it was likely, um, by tepodelin that was the, um, I believe it was the, um, X or the area of Saler that the animal was um, captured from, and Greg Bryant of the, uh, the Retic Ranch purchased a pair of those initial imports from Kevin McCurley at uh, Nerd, and um, those were the original. Like he, when I was talking to him, he said he only had that wild caught pair. He only had a pair of those animals that he worked with to create the whole Retic Ranch line of. Um, Slayers and uh, that picture that Nathan has right there actually, um, is the female that I currently have, but over her very first clutch, I believe back in 2016. I want to say, um, so okay, okay, yeah, so, um, super vibrant, super orange. That's my current female right there over her first clutch, which by the way, I don't think that that was a pure Solaire clutch um, that was a cross that he made I'm not sure that that picture from Mystic Reptiles Chris who I bought my current Solaire from okay. um, but yeah so Greg Bryant ended up you know breeding that first pair um, in 2003-2004 um, and what was interesting that he said about his Solayers, um was that they took longer to incubate than any of his other clutches uh that was from greg bryant and Mm -hmm. i found that interesting because my slayers took 88 days for their first pip um which if anyone knows me and has seen me on social media i think i'm starting to grow gray hair because of that um i checked on those things every day so much so i thought i was drying the eggs out and that's why they were dimpling (laughs) um but I got a question for you. Maybe you know this, Chris. Why was it that Solaire was so readily available in 2010 and they were just, they like, a bunch of people, you know, Scott produced them. Um, Greg Bryant was working with them. Nerd was working with them. Why did they just become, like, why did they fall off the face of the earth?
2: Well, Scott never did Pures. He didn't? No.
1: No, even with all those animals he had,
2: he only had. I, I want to say he had a trio. Okay. And he made the uh, the fifty percent Slayer phantoms that I got. Um, I'm pretty sure he didn't produce any pures. Okay. But Cur- it, it,
0: oh, sorry. Go ahead.
2: I was gonna say it's. To my knowledge, it's just super hard to breed them. Like I tried my female twice, and she slugged out both times. So. I don't know if that was a contributing factor or if just back then people didn't really care that much about locality stuff as they do now, you know, it was easily available. So we, we thought we could always get it and now we can't. So, you know, people are trying to get shit now that they could have got back then.
1: Yeah. And I'm almost wondering like, where did all those babies go? Because I have, I have tried so hard to track down so many of these animals and, and, can't come up with shit, right? <laughs> it it just sucks that like it, it sucks that I'm gonna try to make this like relate like relate to like something Nathan's passionate about. Like Nate, imagine this like the the white diamond lined. You know, no, the,
0: there's there's something I want to tie in with with Solaire eventually.
1: No, I, I was gonna say like you know the the purple that yours comes from from Richard Bobo. Yeah. Right? Like, he worked very hard early on, and, you know, how, like... I, he... I'm
0: trying to remember the name of the Canadian breeder that the the original came from. But then it, it went down like, to Van Rennick, and then Bilbo, so, I mean, it's...
1: It, it's like if all of those lines, that like, that line that Richard worked on yeah. and perfected, and then ten years later, no one can find more than five of them.
0: That's gonna be hard to do with Richard stuff. Luckily, yeah, but that that's for what was... for for how how like secluded in the mountains he is, like, yeah, oh yeah, he, he has snakes everywhere.
1: <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's just it's crazy that that can happen. Yeah, it,
2: it blows my mind that there's not more slayers out there. As good looking as they are, I mean, easily comparable to Sulawesi. Oh yeah, and, and even Bali's have kind of dropped off.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, Bali's uh not worked with them and I, I mean they weren't or how or howie sorry um but uh yeah, there was a good amount that were imported as well, but I, yeah. I can understand why animals that are imported they disappear. Right. Um I just don't understand how like Greg Bryant produced so many clutches and you know, other people were producing them, Nerd produced some that weren't crossed to the golden child stuff. Um, And then, you know, now I think I can only trace back like six adults.
0: And and that's, that's some clarification I wanted. was, there's no golden child wild caught on Solaire. (sighs) What what are (laughs) you?
1: So Chris, I'll let you, if you want to give your thoughts on that, I don't. I don't have any factual information right. to suggest That's... that they are, in fact, from Salayer. But I do have factual information that that they have been found on two other islands far from Salayer.
2: I, I can't see them being Slayer. Yeah, I mean, they just even like the first ones got pretty big outside of nerd.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I know, I know there were some clutches produced back in the day that were claiming. Pure, you know, Slayer Golden Child, and I—that got me scratching my head.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, and and it worries me now because some people have offspring of the Golden Child mm-hmm. Slayer pairings, and they're calling them pure Slayers. And but the thing is, when you look at these animals and their phenotypic expression, they don't look like Slayers.
2: Yeah, they don't. I, I've had a couple conversations with people, t- two different people, that have gotten so-called Slayers, and big adults you know 14 15 foot so you know they already have all the colors they're going to have the pattern they're going to have and if you put it next to a known slayer for sure mm-hmm. it's night and day difference it looks like some of the like 50 percent super dwarf crosses that i've made over the years you know lighter in color not really vibrant doesn't have that contrast yeah so i, I think a lot of missed uh, genetics are out there it's you know not pure slayers
1: Yeah, and I mean, I guess, like, now, because we can't import in my snobbiness with pure locality stuff, like, is it, like, possible that there was a golden child found on Solaire? Sure, like, morphs come up anywhere, but just because we need to protect the pure locality stuff that we have, I just, for me, it's not worth the risk, and I wish I had a picture of the original golden child that was imported um never mind i was gonna say we could pull up on uh, that was a Samson pruitt reference to the slither <laughs> file stuff that thing ended up being frozen alive sorry but um but oh, that I, I, was
0: that golden child that
1: was the original golden child um okay and uh but if you look at the original golden child's head shape and structure um it's not saputriac and that that that's what would be weird to me is why we would find you know sure we could find a morph but why would the why would the head structure be different than a saputra if it's from you know Celaer right
2: mm-hmm. right unless it came in with some bad scarring or something to deform the head but I don't remember the original golden child being you know that jacked up
1: Yeah um but so yeah I mean there was a point in time where a lot of them were produced. And now, um, you know, I, the only two other clutches that I know of within the last decade that have been produced or well, within the last eight years are, um, the one, uh, Garrett produced. Um, that was a, uh, ranch line that, uh, was produced by Gary lawless. So Gary Lawless bought the Retick ranch line animals from Greg Bryant and ended up breeding them. Um, that was the female who I owned at one point and the male was a pets plenty line. Solaire male. Uh, that I don't think I've seen pictures of him before, but so there is a line of pets, uh, pets of plenty line, pets plenty, pets plenty line. Solaire out there. There's only that male, uh, and then the other clutch was also in 2020 by what's his name? Um, Don Don, Mun- Don Munson. Yeah, Don Munson produced one from a Partho female from Nerd. So Nerd had a normal female slayer, uh that Parthoed out, created this baby, and he took that to a wild cop male. And that wild cop male, the last that I know of, was with Blake Wilson sometime last year. But I think Blake might have sold it. Um, and that created a separate line. So as as I'm aware, those are the only two lines that I know of that are unrelated.
0: All right. Well, that answers the question I had coming later. <laughs> yeah,
2: I. It, it, it's super unfortunate, but.
0: All right, we are as bottlenecked as can be.
1: Yes. Yeah, two unrelated lines that I'm aware of. I know that there's another one. Hey, wild hey cop that's male. better than
0: Tom Belongin.
1: It's better than, yeah, it's better than Tambalongan. It's better than Karampa that I'm aware of. It's better than Madu that I'm aware of. It's better than, uh, it's better than about 75% of the localities that we have. I mean, we're spoiled in the Superdwarf world because we, you know, Kalatoa is what makes most of it. And we know that there's at least four or five lines of Kalatoa out there. Um, so plenty of diversity, but most of the stuff that we're looking at is pretty bottlenecked. Unfortunately, it would
2: be nice to see what happened with uh, with Blake's. You know, it'd be a good one for your girl.
1: I was gonna buy him, man, but I, I knew that he wasn't the best animal to work with. And I've had, my, I've had my fair share of psycho wildcots. and actually, by fair share, I just mean one that was psycho, and it was and that was a little calatoa. So I did not want to deal with a 12 13 foot wild-caught male that wanted to kill me yeah
2: it's, it's not fun
1: it's some of the uh,
0: captive bred males can be a handful so yeah i could imagine
1: yeah i mean again kudos to you old school keepers that you know have stories for the ages about how crazy these animals were to work with but um <laughs> it's just blood sweat
0: and tears for real it's, it's, it's <laughs> a just bit.
1: like i i don't mind working with a feisty retic like even my F one Solaire that I have my female there's she has good days and bad days and on the bad days it's still okay but like um I I'm not the type of person who like will walk in knowing I got to handle a difficult snake and gets pleasure out of that like I I get anxious and I'm like I don't want to do this I don't want to do this and so um I just knew that that male wasn't right for me.
2: That's kind of how my my female the past was like she had her good days and her bad days, but even on her bad days, she wasn't as bad as some stuff I've had. So it wasn't always like super enjoyable to work with, but it it was always fun. Like she was just a good animal, big, good looking slayer.
1: Speaking of behavior wise, can you talk in your experience, the difference of behaviors? You have the male and then you also have that female. Um, Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, Like what, what, what did you notice or difference compared to maybe some other pure Superdorf stuff or other localities that you've worked with?
2: So most of the, the pure stuff I've worked with has been either wild or F1s. So typically not the greatest, you know, not, not the calmest, not, you know, fun to work with, but uh, that Slayer mail that you got was super chill. And dude. I don't know if the female was just, you know, kind of pissy because she had been through so many hands before she came here or, or what it was, but it's
1: the F one in her dude. It,
2: it, and that could be <laughs> it. But That's the same you with my think, girl. Like, F two would be just a little bit nicer version. And that male was night and day. Like one of the chillest retakes I've ever handled.
1: Nathan, can you pull up my Instagram and I have the uh, thumbnail or I have it pinned, um, I have, uh, Oh, that's him right there. Um, I was going to say
0: I have a picture of him all ready to go. So,
1: yeah, I wanted I wanted to show just kind of his disposition and behavior on the real, um, but he is, um, yeah. So like I I've told people recently and he's actually been a snake. I talk about a lot. Um, it even hurts me to say this because I would give up my first retake I ever got my, my uh f1 kaiwati henry before i gave him up he's an animal that like for some reason just seeks interaction um he's not a pusher doesn't mess up his face um great eater he could be sleeping and if he sees me move in the garage he starts pushing and all i gotta do is open up that enclosure and he comes out with zero food response and just literally wants to come and climb out on me um really cool animal um probably yeah the most chill retake that I've ever had like if I had to if I was forced or told I could only keep one it would be him
2: and I didn't like handle him any more than any of my other stuff so it was just his disposition
1: yeah no he's he's just a really cool dude and then look at look at the layers man thick blacks orange reds that vibrant yellow head man don't get me wrong bollies are up there like my top five favorite but people talk about like oh i wish i could have a yellow head bolly it's like you can have something that i think has got a better head get us a Slayer.
0: okay a Lee, better person.
2: head and the body to go with it
1: yeah
0: can we finally share one of the babies
1: yeah post the show the video of the baby
0: all right look the at the baby see, and the baby in the background
1: yeah, my daughter. But yeah, even look at the contrast without its first shed. Look at the difference of color of that head to the rest of the body. Yeah, but I'm telling you, man, some of the other ones are super vibrant orange compared to that one. But um I'm I'm a uh, really freaking excited. And Nathan, if you want, I'll even send you I have a much longer video of that baby I'll send to Messenger. I think there's better angles. Um but yeah, so that is my by far my favorite thing about Soleyers is that bright, bright head um and the thick blacks that come with it that make up a lot for the superdorf stuff that we tend to work with. Uh I don't know why no one's crossed a pure superdorf to a Soleil yet, but it might be on my
0: list next year.
2: I've done some crosses, but definitely not fifty fifty.
1: Yeah.
0: I thought for some reason someone ran a Pure Annery mail, but I'd never heard if they had success. To us a Solaire? Yeah, I might be misremembering something, but...
2: Speaking of Annery, I you haven't go. asked you yet. Yep. <laughs> Did you get any? I, I haven't... Do you think you had any?
1: No, I... So, I'm pretty sure there... I haven't seen any. Everything's got way too much color in it. Um... And let me also kind of, while we're here, let's talk about this. Uh, so, tell the story about the animals that, that you produced that came out Annery.
2: So, uh, like I was saying earlier, I got some 50% Slayer Phantoms that were also 25% superdor from Scott Kearns years ago. And I made anories, or... let me Let me step back just a second. I made annery from crossing it into other superdwarf jam stuff so we know that slayer can carry the annery stuff or we we think it can we don't know if it came from that 25 percent superdwarf that was mixed into that phantom or not but i also did what was it shit y'all know my memory sucks what was the normal, I, I did a, a breeding, I made one normal male that looked annery, and it looked kind of like the stuff that Aubrey's making with the ocelot stuff now. Are you talking it,
1: about, you did the 50% Salayer, 25% Superdorf Phantom to the 50% Salayer to the
2: 25%? Yeah, you okay, yeah, it, it was, it was the Phantom to Phantom, yeah, yeah it was brother-sister,
1: Phantom yeah. to Phantom pairing. Good and memory. I made, yeah,
2: well, yeah, my <laughs> So I made one that, it didn't look like any kind of annery I've ever made or ever seen, but it had the same characteristics as Annery, you know, when when you stick it next to a normal Slayer and I don't, I should have sent y'all pictures of it before, but I I did a a normal versus the Annery one side by side. And I mean, it was night and day difference in color.
1: Oh, night and day. Um, Yeah. And I think that, so hear me out. When I bought my first Slayer female from Garrett, he told me about this potential Mercury line. Mm-hmm. Of Salayers out there that were, um, that that you know Salayers produced these anery animals that they called in reference to mercury, um, which it was, was from Greg just Bryant, right. Yeah, from Greg Bryant and um, and so we were thinking that there was a line of anery Salayers that was out there. Um, I will say this, Chris, and I haven't fact checked this myself, but when uh, Glenn was doing research for the book, and then I also reached out to Greg Bryant. What is so? I haven't been able to confirm or deny that there is potentially Annery and Solaire, but Greg Bryant clarified that the Mercury line was an actual Jampeya pairing.
2: Yeah, I remember you telling me that after we had talked about it.
1: So now. I don't know how you ended up with a night and day clear as annery animal from that clutch because those were from Cashman.
2: No, those are the ones from Scott. Those were no, the
1: no, 50%. No, but what was the Superdorf on there? The Superdorf line came from.
2: That was from Michael Powell. Powell. It was there a we go. 50% Superdorf uh, phantom that Scott used.
1: Because I did reach out to Powell, and Powell said he never created annery from any of those lines and animals that he worked with. So that leaves the question if there is Annery and Slayer or not. Um, Garrett has that female and Garrett still believes that that Slayer can produce Annery um, or that that line can. So if there's, I mean, if there's anybody in the country that can prove it out, it's him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, interesting it's, stuff.
2: It's, it's either gotta be from the Slayer side or just the Slayer influence it's changing up the annery like the the one that uh i guess i call it green goblin the anry sun marble female that i have
1: dude that's my favorite freaking animal
0: yeah it's still super the green. Goat.
2: like if you put that next to a normal anary, just a normal like super dwarf anary, it blows it out of the water even as an adult it still has the annery look versus most anneries that kind of you know drab out with age
1: yeah, I'm on your Instagram page right now just looking through. I can tell what you've produced that has the Slayer influence, and it just looks so damn good. Yeah. Um. Oh, let me – Uh. Nathan, I just messaged you on uh, Instagram that Slayer Annery. He's talking about the 50% Slayer Annery.
2: I should have a side-by-side picture on Instagram of those two.
1: Um. But yeah, man. I think out of all the stuff that you have done, I think by far my favorite stuff you produce have been the the shit that has heavy Slayer influence on it. I agree. I'm I'm almost trying to think with like the Purple Projects, like in the Albino Projects. Yeah, that one right there. Careful, Nate. Don't let us see who you're slipping through your DMs.
0: <laughs> no one exciting uh, on this account. <laughs>
1: Um but uh like why haven't people pushed a layer more into like the purple albino stuff or the T positive stuff or that darkness and the thick blacks are just gonna create better, darker contrast purple?
2: Maybe they just haven't thought of it. I mean you gotta think like <clears throat> it hasn't been that long since the, the Super Dwarf craze and everybody just started going towards Super Dwarfs. And now people are starting to realize these other localities you know, they're not as small, but they enhance the color and pattern way more. And people are starting to mix that shit into stuff. So I, I think here coming in the next few years, people are going to start doing more dwarf locality crosses into the morphs and making better looking animals.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I think what would really fix the lackluster of color and the superdorf stuff and like the the morphs that super dwarfs produce, like... Some of the morphs that Superdors produce look great, and then some of them yeah. look very okay right. compared to like the mainland version, and that's why I'm like, why hasn't anyone done Salayer to Kalatoa? and then start taking those fifty percenters into the Albinos, into the Phantoms, into right, like like let's, yeah, I mean we we don't need to just make Salayer tigers or Salayer Sunfires, like like you did, right? Like your animals, fifty percent Salayer, twenty five percent. Um, You know, the the Sunfire Platinum Annery, is that what she is?
2: She's not even 50%. She's 25% Slayer, 25% Super Dwarf, and like 12.5% jam, something like that.
1: I'm going to try to find a picture on your Instagram here so that Nathan can pull it up, just because I know we've already brought this girl up on the show before, but she always deserves...
2: Well, I mean, it, it shows what that oh, kind of cool. influence and combo can do.
1: Right. So, what, what happens when you take annery that removes or re- drastically reduces red pigmentation and orange is part of red? And you, you know, you take annery to an animal that's high in red and orange, is you get this shit. <laughs> and yeah. this animal is just like on a different level. Like, I. I really do think that Solaire still take a, a special owner, like a special person to own, because although they are labeled a dwarf, and we'll talk about that actually next. Um, yeah. Wait, we're going to pause and just take a second, everyone. Moment of silence to just <laughs> appreciate this damn animal. What even is that?
0: Is, is this deja vu? Because I i feel like this is the, the first episode with Chris. Dude, I'm. Us so, I'm, I'm, I'm just drooling over this animal for 20 minutes. I was getting. Which over, I'm fine with. Let's dude, go.
1: I am literally. I'm in the process of moving out all of my morphs after this season or when I hit my couple pairings I want. But dude, if there's any morph, any animal that is a morph that's going to somehow find a way into my collection it's her
2: so that's why I was hoping like fucking hoping that you made an annery a pure slayer annery male so Me I too. Could put to her
1: I'm not gonna lie I was so excited I completely forgot about that possibility oh yeah but I will say there are drastically different colors in the eggs some are very bright and very orange and noticeable and others aren't so we'll see um I'm definitely not one to want to jump the gun, but once they're all out, I'm going to get them under the light box and take some nice pictures. But yeah, that female. So yeah, I I think that so in and of itself, what I was saying is, um, it still takes like a special person to keep them because although they're considered a dwarf, um, they're not small by any means. Um, you know, by the time that they're the age that yours is or that mine is, you're still talking about a sixty, seventy pound snake that if it doesn't want to get in a holding tub, you know, it, it might not get in the holding tub, right? Yeah. Like unless you put in a lot of muscle to get that thing in. Um 13 a 14 retake feet. rodeo. <laughs> right. Um, 13-14 feet. Um and I'm sure that there are larger slayers out there than 13, 14 feet, just like there's that 16 or 18 foot jampea, But those are the, the outliers, the anomalies that, you know, kind of sit on the outside of it. Um,
2: you I, know. I still think the, the jampea stuff was just overfed.
1: Yeah. And I, I think it's the same thing with the slayer stuff. All, all the big stuff and things that we see, those are all animals that were pounded, man. Yeah. There's like, all the large Solares that we see right now, not a single one of them was fed without breeding intentions in mind and just pounding and pounding. Um, plus I'm, I'm on the side and believe that like time that back in the day, when any snake had a dwarf label, everyone was like, I'm going to make this bitch 20 feet <laughs> and just started shoving it with food.
2: Well, back. So back when I first got my first pure super dwarf wild caught, <clears throat> I couldn't get her to breed. And talking to a few mentors they were like oh just feed the ever-living shit out of it and it'll go so it took me three years and, and i fed the ever-living shit out of it and i mean she, she was just round and she finally went so i think we had that mentality back then that that was how you got them to go and we just pumped them and pumped them and pumped them and we did wrong like we know better now so i i, I think a lot of that's why some of our stuff is so big or some of our stuff was so big back then was just, we just overfed it like crazy.
1: Yeah. That's why my, my Kalatoa is so big. My wildcat, she was pumped and pumped and pumped. She didn't do well with the importer was sold to someone else pumped and pumped. Didn't do well. I got her and I had a shitty first clutch with her. And then I literally put her on a diet to where she wanted to kill me every day. And that very next season, she had a great clutch for me.
2: Yeah.
0: The biggest um, loser for retics, right? And exactly. that's all she needed,
1: exactly. Um, I would gladly take that title. Um, but she, yeah, so you know, I do think about the average versus the layers about 13 14 feet. Um, but you're still talking about 50 to 70 pounds. Oh, yeah, um, because they're 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 a pretty your female looks it. And uh, Nathan, if you want to, my, my pull, female was big. Yeah. What, what did you think of mine? You pulled her out.
2: Hell yeah. She, she had good body weight and not. That was
1: also after she laid a clutch and only had three, four meals in her, <clears throat>
2: but you can still tell by
1: the muscle tone.
2: Yeah. Like my, my girl was, was fat. Like how much I, I bigger, been, you know, putting her on a diet since, since I owned her and she was still fat. But...
1: How much bigger would you say she was?
2: Oh, quite a bit. I mean, I I bet my female was fifteen foot, and probably that's a good size girl. Seventy pounds, maybe a little bit bigger. I mean, that's just going off my estimate. I don't I don't actually know. Yeah, and I should have I should have. She sure doesn't
0: look it in the photo.
2: She well, that's that's an eight foot cage she's in. Okay, and that's probably a four foot section because. The divider on the left side
1: is right over to the right.
2: And then she's all the way across. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, she's a um, good sized female.
1: Nate, I sent you two pictures of two different adult Selaears that had my logo on them. Pull up the darker one right now. Yeah, so that was the female that Garrett originally sent me that I sent back to him. Um, she was every bit of 14 feet. But she, for some reason, could never put on weight. Um, I got her up to a decent size weight when I had her. um, But, um, you know, she ended up getting egg bound. And, um, you know, I ended up sending her back to Garrett. But what I love about her, even a little bit more so than the one that I have now, is just she was like a deep, dark, dark red. Like, really deep. Um, and let's see, she was born in 2000 and she was 10. So now she's 11 where my current female right now is turning 14 soon. So if you look at that one, that's one variation of the color spectrum that you can get with Solaire. And then if you go to the next one, that's the different, that's my current Solaire. Um, you know, again, pattern the same, the same thick blacks, but you know, this one's a little bit more orange while the other one is more red, right?
2: I'm going to take your word on that. Cause you guys suck. So you can see color.
0: Oh,
1: that's right. You are red, uh, you're red colorblind.
0: Uh, you're preaching to the choir, Chris. I, I mean, I, I, oh, I, I can't dude. read you. I can't read your shirt either. I show, I show people your uh, <laughs> post of your, your wife getting you that shirt, oh, that shirt all the yeah. time. Yeah. He, yeah. he has Wait, one of those uh, color, colorblind tests. And uh, it just says "fuck the colorblind" in yeah, the yeah. middle, the and like I I have shirts. never seen it, but I take people's word for it that it says yeah. "fuck the colorblind," and I, I want I, that shirt.
2: I know what it says, and I have the shirt physically, so I can like look at where it's supposed to be. I no, nothing, I,
0: I, nothing, I've nothing. looked I've looked at your post easily twenty thirty times because I think it's hilarious because yep. I can't see it.
1: I'm doing a Slayer locality talk with two people that can't <laughs> see freaking red
0: yep red green red green baby
2: (laughs) but that's that's what's so good about it like they have so much color that even us colorblind people can see that shit (laughs) (laughs) that's what we we need
0: we need pure saturation or else we get nummy none of it (laughs) wow i can't talk
1: that's that's gonna be my selling point (laughs) that's gonna be my sales tactics
2: i've said it (laughs) by itself i I can pick anery out Versus other people because I see shit differently.
1: Yeah. Like to yeah.
2: me, baby anories are blue. Like just blue. Mm-hmm. That's and weird. People are like, they're not blue. I'm like, yeah, well, it is to me.
1: <laughs> oh, that's special, man. Are you <laughs> on
0: the red green spectrum? Okay, same yep. here.
1: You both are on some spectrum.
2: Well,
0: <laughs> M- maybe more than one.
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely more than one. <laughs>
1: Oh, man. Um, Nate, go ahead and show the little picture of the hatchling. I want to talk about the, the clutch that I just produced. Yeah, look at that little nose.
0: Well, and you can see a lot more of the orange in this picture as, yeah. as far as what I was talking about compared to the one that's all the way out. Right. I want Is you that one of to... the smaller looking ones, too?
1: Yeah. So that was crazy about this clutch, too, is there are some animals in there that look tiny. And I'm talking about like thin and tiny and then there's others that look really big and robust, but I'm going to, I'm pretty sure they're, they're, you know, the ones obviously are still in there absorbing their yolks. So i wonder if they're going to grow, but I would imagine they leave the egg in two to three days. So they won't grow that much.
2: I so said, that was going to be my next question was how much of the yolk is still going to be there on the smaller ones.
1: Some. So the one that came out today is, um, uh, wouldn't even say really on the bigger side it looked big on my forearm but it's really not that big it curls up into like literally like the the round like the circumference of a, a racquetball right like that's how tiny they are when they're coiled up um so it'll be interesting to see if they come out with yolk or if they stay in there longer but like that little piece right below the nose is a little bit part of the yoke that's left but it's like a little white ball and typically that i've seen most snakes you know they they'll leave a little bit. I've never seen yeah. yolk like a thousand percent wiped out. Um,
2: I, I've seen them leave like quite a bit before.
1: Oh yeah, no, I've seen like yellow, and it looks like a bag, like yeah, a colostomy bag full of piss. That's an interesting
0: reference. That'll make for a good <laughs> I was clip. i gonna say Adler. Whoops. Right here. Where are we? We're at an hour.
1: <laughs> okay, right on the hour mark. Um. But, yeah, no, so this this pairing, um, funny thing is, like, I bought the female from Chris, and Chris told me, um, I asked him, I said, hey, you know, when you cycled her, did she ever go off of food? Did she ever, uh, like, give you signs? And he's like, I just, he's like, she might have slowed down in feeding, but she would eat until she laid if you let her. I was like, okay, so this is going to be interesting. How am I going to pan this out? And then when I got her, she ended up being a little bit more difficult to work with. than I would have preferred. And so I was thinking in the back of my mind, like I am not going to throw in a male with a female who, you know, especially like the male that you sold me tiny compared to her. Yeah. Like one bite to the head. And I like, I don't need that would have been TKO right there. Um, and, uh, I think I remember calling you. Yeah. Um, Chris when we talked about this but she wasn't off of food she kind of slowed down but she was looking thicker kind of that like triangular shape and I was like let me go for it and I put the mail in while I took her out and he started arching and as soon as I put her back in there they locked within 10 minutes Um, and it was literally luck it was the only skill part of it was me noticing that she looked bigger in her back third but like she was still hammering food Um, after they locked, I was like, let me offer her a meal. She ate a big meal. I was like, shit. Um, but then she went into a shed. I left him out during that time period. She shed. And when I put the mail back in, he had zero interest in her. And, uh, at that point I was like, all right, maybe this is like pre-lay shed. She went through her ovulation and soon enough, you know, 30, I think she laid her eggs on day 37, so almost eight thirty five to the T, uh, but, but yeah. And then, uh, Nathan, what temperature did you incubate at?
0: I want to say anywhere between 86, 85, but like I said, I had a little bit of fluctuation with this last year.
1: What about you, Chris?
2: So I used to incubate at 88, but now I'm like 86, 87.
1: Yeah, so I dropped my temps by one degree. So my my technical average in those three months was 86.8, but it fluctuated anywhere between 86.5 and 87.3. Um, whereas the year before, it was anywhere between 87 and 87.8. Um, but these guys still took 88 days. You know off the top of your head the longest any of your – clutches have taken
0: Hmm.
2: probably like 90 but that was probably like the bottom of the incubator or something like that where it was a little bit cooler
1: 90 no i was i i will i will admit and i have zero shame in this um on day 86, I did, there was one egg that was like four times more dimpled than any of the other eggs. So I was getting a little worried. I did cut that one. Didn't break any blood vessels. I just cut it, left it alone. Didn't finger the egg, didn't strip out the the snake. Um But fun fact is that snake is still inside the egg right now, doing fine, but... um but, yeah, so it got to day 88, and I'm happy it picked because I was telling myself in the back of my mind, if these snakes go to day 90, 91, I'm cutting them all. <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh, that's what I did when when that happened. And that, that could have been the year where uh, we had that weird, like, ice storm, and most of my clutches were jacked up. But I do remember yeah. one taking longer, and I ended up cutting them just to just to see.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: but amazing. to – to go back to what you were saying with the uh, you know, females eating during ovulation and, and stuff like that, I've had it happen once or twice where and it was that Bali Yellowhead I used to have where I had the male in with her when she laid a clutch, because she ate the entire time and she was so big back then I, I couldn't even really tell that she was gravid and she laid like sixty damn eggs. So for, for me not to yeah. <laughs> For me not to even know was crazy.
1: Yeah. My turn eight female that just had a, I think what's a partho clutch. I did do one introduction overnight, but didn't see anything, but she just laid a clutch and um, she literally like took a meal five days before she laid. Yeah. Like she laid a clutch and her body composition looked phenomenal. It's Uh, weird, man. And, and, most of the eggs aren't doing well. And I'm wondering if that has something to do with it. If they're just heating their body up too much while digesting and while they're also gestating and, and building follicles and eggs and stuff that it's, it's, uh, killing the sperm that's inside the eggs.
2: I can't speak for that clutch, but my Bali female, every egg hatched all 60.
1: That's insane. Yeah. All well, 60.
2: Yes. <laughs> And that was Damn. from my wild titanium to the Bali back when titaniums weren't proven yet, or maybe Jay approved them out that year, but yeah, that was a hard sell <laughs> that was a horrible how did those citrons look they looked great
1: dude bali citrons
2: yeah. man they were psycho oh my fem- <laughs> my female was so chill my my bali. <laughs> And then every one of those babies was nuts. Even as adults, they were nuts.
0: Do Titanium ne- Do you know I... of many that are still kicking around?
2: Unless Bob still has my my original female that I kept, I don't know of any. Wow. Yeah.
1: Isn't that crazy?
2: It, it's insane.
1: It it breaks my heart.
2: Yeah, because I, I tried finding a het male to go back you know, to make 50% Bali titaniums and couldn't find shit.
0: I mean, having 60 is one thing, and then having 60 crazy hatchlings, that's that's another.
2: But back then, like, you know, social media wasn't as, you know, readily available, so keeping track of stuff like that wasn't as easy, but Mm -hmm. it's still insane to think of, I produced 60 babies, and I only knew of, like, Three once they were adults, and it took me eight years to prove that shit out. So, you know,
1: That's, maybe just... um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, um, and I have a list of where each morph was caught. Do you know off the top of your head where uh, titaniums were found?
2: I don't. Mine came from uh, Dave and Tracy Barker. My uh, old business partner picked up uh,
0: that name. That's really cool. It'll
1: probably come to me like mid-episode, but I mean, if I had to guess, it's probably Sumatra because that's where like 80% of morse are found. But um, Or Malaysia, but... Um,
2: I sent Glenn pictures of them. I mean, they were shitty, shitty pictures because it was like 09, but... <clears throat> I, can't
1: I hope wait.
0: they're
1: in the book. No, I'm sure they will be. Um I'm excited to to see all those things. I'm really trying to find this right now because I'm I'm wondering what it would look like. <laughs> um but anyways, um so I had a question for you, Nathan. Yeah. Based based off of what you're looking at in Soleil, or like what are the top three more set you would take to it or top five?
0: Ooh, that's that's tough. Uh, platinum. Just because, why not make that orange brighter?
1: Yeah,
2: that's nice. Wait, wait, wait. Let's back for a second. Is there orange and platinum?
1: They hatch out orange and then kind of start to turn into like a bright yellow as they get okay. older. The, the I, I lemon... just
0: feel like they brighten everything. Like, oh yeah. yeah for sure. In yeah, in like... terms of what platinum does in my mind, like just brightens.
2: I was just making sure because. You know, colorblind.
0: <laughs> That's yeah, that, why I held that, my that tongue. That wasn't like a facetious
1: <laughs> question. He genuinely wanted to know. Oh yeah, I was he curious. was he was scared for a second. He's like, wait, what?
0: We both were. Um, let's see, like number two. I, I don't know. You're gonna have to come back to me, Chris. What would what... your
1: top five, Chris?
2: My top five,
1: Annery.
0: Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yes, I feel like that's the easy cop-out answer for me, though. No, oh,
1: yeah. I mean, oh. it, it is, but I feel like I feel like if you just like again, we talked about like what Annery does and like what Solaire has. Like, it's
0: no, I know, but if I if I wanted a an Annery Solaire, I'd want a pure Annery Solaire. Oh well, yeah, or well, a what pure about Solaire no. Annery. Oof, oof.
2: Yeah, like so. I mean, you look at. Slayer Annery versus Super I don't Dorf know Annery. that I've seen a
0: Slayer Purple. I have. I'm sure I have, but was not like standing out to day. me. Yeah.
1: I think Rodney produced them.
0: I- I'm going to see if I can pull some up.
2: But could you imagine that with like snow? snow. Like h- how different would that look? Right. It-, it may be shit, but it could be really cool. It
1: may be good. The problem is I sh- want to see yeah.
0: everything in snow. <laughs> so right.
2: Right, my-, my next would be uh, Citron. Not titanium, but citron. Yep. I want to see how that the, the citron brightness and color saturation complements the Slayer. Uh, I, I love. Really, I'm really I really like
1: this citron kick that you're on. I I really hope you pursue
2: it. I'm I'm still pursuing it. So good. But we got that girl right there. So I mean, you probably can't see her, but she's a Superdorf titanium. But I'm going to be making a lot of citron stuff with. Her
0: do so that, that that's that a purple animal,
1: that animal when it's older like you can already see how thick the purple outlinings are I'm over here oh, yeah it, like people can see what I'm pointing at
2: <laughs> something i hadn't thought about like indo glow mochino
1: indo was going to be my first like that that would be the albino i take it to is
0: indo yeah. I, um, I do
2: like uh phantom and marble and slayer it mm-hmm. it really makes it pop
0: that that makes sense to me. I like. I don't like Phantom. It it already has the nice saturations of the the oranges and reds, so it, it would changes the colors. Make completely. it better. Yeah. Okay.
2: Like if you look at Mainland Phantom, Superdor Phantom, and Slayer Phantom, all, all different color different spectrums.
1: Colors. Yeah. Yep. I will say those those original Phantoms that Nerd worked with, they were like black on the background. Were pretty damn nice.
2: Have you you've seen the uh the Slayer marble Phantom that I made this year, right? That male, that's like chainsaw looking? Yep. Yep. Yeah, see yep. it compliments it so well. Um I don't, I
0: don't
1: Okay, so so, so you talked about it. you talked about Phantom. Sorry if you can hear my dog's clickety clackety in the back. Could you hear that?
0: Uh, yeah, I thought it was me for a second. I was like, what's playing in the background?
1: <laughs> um, so you said Phantom, Marble, Citron, Annery. <laughs> little I, I am curious
2: to see what platinum looks like.
1: In platinum, okay, cool. Yeah, I think that those are all good enhancers of the color. Besides anery, it's a reduction of like what makes a layer but I think in a good way. Cause some people it, it's, could.
2: It's just different.
1: See, yeah, that's see, what, dude. That's fifty percent Solaric Get the...
2: get out of here. Trying to find
0: one of Chris's. So, that's,
2: that's my. Darker female that I had. I had a lighter colored one too. I
1: I almost bought her, didn't I? There's going to be one of those that you were going to sell to me.
2: Oh yeah 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 it, yeah. It, it would have been that one.
1: I I have regrets.
0: <laughs> regrets. I
1: have regrets. Um, hey, Blake.
2: Yeah, Blake ended up with that one.
0: Oh, cool. Okay, nice. Good pickup, Blake. Right. He's he always pretty. has good taste,
2: and and supposedly he bred it to a superdorf dwarf anory and didn't get anery or pet anery or something like that, so it, it threw me off.
0: Huh? That's,
1: yeah, that's that's weird. But then again, yeah. don't I, that I, I'm, I'm half the stuff that's anery out there. I don't,
2: I don't. I know. I still I still wonder, and I'm that's why I push the uh, the genetic testing so much is Dude, i still wonder to. if oh, anery yeah. isn't just one line like maybe it's like endo in mocha you know shit like that where some are compatible some aren't yeah or,
1: no I've, I've always thought about that too. like i've conceptualized it the same as like boas boas have different lines of anery's
2: boas ball pythons yeah i don't know about corn snakes like
1: there's the xanthic ball pythons there's like vpi and something else there's
2: a few different ones that yeah. are mm-hmm. not compatible
1: yeah i'm thinking that i mean and it might be i mean but here here's okay if we're gonna just talk about anery here's what i think anery truly is sorry i think anery is a phenotypic expression that has that that has become in the animals in the wild to basically evolve and adapt to the environment. So therefore, let's say on Jampea, there might be areas of Jampea where it would be more beneficial for them near rocks and near caves or in Kalatoa near rocks and caves where it would make sense evolution-wise to blend in with grayer rocks and things like that and then versus the ones that are living in other areas where it would benefit to be more brown or yellow. Right. And so I'm thinking it's more of a phenotypic expression because we don't, I've never heard of someone with a close to 50-50 split when they're doing a, you know, a, a an annery pairing, or I like some kind of look annery, like very little bit of annery, and then like the annery super jam I have in my garage that Theron produced knocks any annery out of the park I've ever seen. And there's like, oh, is this het because it's kind of silver, or this is like clearly visual, but I shouldn't have produced a visual. So yeah. like, I, I think it might just be like a roll the dice phenotypic expression if you continue to take silver animals to silver animals you'll produce more silver animals
2: i think we still have some some learning to do with anory yeah Mm -hmm. i i I would like
1: i would like to see someone take a best quality female anory to a best quality male anory and see if we come up with normals because if we come out with normals from that pairing then my theory of it being a a phenotypic expression is correct
2: Someone's already done that. It's got to be. I don't know where. Like, I've never done it. <laughs> but it has to have been done.
1: Yeah, but I feel like if it has been done, there's got to be... Yeah, like, has anybody
2: know. done Snow to Snow?
1: Andrew just did it this last year. Okay. And I, I couldn't tell you. I haven't
2: seen all the babies. Um, so what about anyway. you, Lucas? What do you want to put with uh, Slayer?
1: my top five that I would put with Slayer on the top of my list. And I'm not piggybacking off of Jason Peacock in the UK. And I feel like people are going (laughs) to see I'm just copying him because he produces
0: some good stuff.
1: He produced Slayer last year. And then this year he's producing Ocelot Slayers. And that's my next pairing for my Slayer. Um, But I want to enhance that yellow hat in the Ocelot. And I want to bring color into Ocelot um i want to get it closer back to the original wild caught ocelot that had like some of that deep reddish undertone um and uh i like the silver stuff it's
2: sexy i'm just shaking my head because i can't see the red yeah (laughs) let
0: me try the colors to us lucas
1: hold on hold on hold on i'm gonna see if like this this picture is on the uh it's still floating around Google, so Nathan can bring it up so you guys can see what I'm talking he's about. Making
0: me, he's making me jump all over the place today. Yeah, I'm it's making crazy you work tonight. When,
2: when Rainbow first came out, like when the, the first import was pictured and the Hetz came over to the U.S., I was like, oh, that shit ain't going to prove out.
1: <laughs> right, exactly.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. You know, I won't be able to find the the original but they got so much color so but but mostly for the yellow head is like Mm -hmm. i want to try to get the biggest most contrast that you can from the body of that that ocelot to the yellow head um my next one like i said would be endocarmel um i would also man i said morphs not localities um
2: no, no, you, you
1: said, what would you want to, or did you say Morse? I did say, I did say Morse, but if I okay. could just, I'd like to take a red face, turn eight to a Solaire. I think it. that that, I think <laughs> that that would be really cool. It would trick out the pattern a little bit and it would keep all the color and add a yellow head. I think it would be a cool, but anyways. Um, third one is I'm going to have to back and say Annery. Um, Annery is something that, again, just when something is so extreme and then you remove it, you're bound to end up with something cool, which is what you're seeing in your green snake. Um, I've always, we've talked about this. I've always said if you want a green retic, you get something with Solaire in it and you take Annery to it and you're going to get green because that's what ends up resulting when you remove all that red and orange. Um That's three. Um I would like to see, um, hmm, probably. What I think would be cool is, I I'd like okay, I'd like to take bacon to Slayer. Bacon has a lot of the like deep brownish colors. I kind of look red right in the background, and it's very yellow. But with, like, Emeraldos and how, like, opaque and silver they are, I'm wondering if we could get some more color in there with Solaire.
0: I wonder if it would be it's... a similar look to the Phantom stuff.
1: Maybe. Yeah. And, and and that's that's a good thing, is at least, like, if you're making a Bacan, um, oh, I mean, duh, this is a freaking no-brainer. OGS. Why didn't I think of that? Ooh. OGS Solaire's?
2: I've never thought about that. Right,
1: but like orange ghost stripe and Solaire's are kind of orange.
2: <laughs> and, and skip a step and just put the fucking purple sun in it.
1: Right, exactly. Dude, that's what Shane needs. I need to get Shane to buy a For damn Solaire. <laughs> Shane, hit me up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I bet that would make the color and patterns pop so much more.
0: Yeah,
1: absolutely. I
2: mean, his shit is already just off the charts.
0: Oh, without a doubt. It's, it's just phase 10.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. Like we're still trying to get the, he, I'm sure he's like already thinking about phase 40. Yeah. <laughs> that's just how that man operates. Um, yeah. So that's probably like, you know, if I could remove Bacan, I would replace it with OGS. And then if I had a fifth one, um, yeah, I mean, I hate to say this, but phantom I mean Phantom just has the red, orange, and deep colors. It it just it complements very well with Slayer. It looks good. Yeah.
2: And you get a lot of different variants.
1: Yeah. So Phantom, OGS, uh Ocelot, Annery, and Endocarmel. Endocarmel would be my preferred albino. I like it. Yeah.
0: So, Nathan, you said
2: Annery? Annery and Platinum.
0: Annery would be my first step just because that's what I'm working with most. It's just the snow project. You know, down the line it would evolve into snow, uh, but, you know, it takes time. If I had anything else in my collection, I mean, yeah, it's Phantom, it's Platinum, it's Golden Child, you know. I I think of what's available to me, not not trying to buy more snakes, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dude, that's hey, I feel a that. smart that's a smart route to go, man. <laughs>
2: yeah, because I'll, I'll I just piggyback off other people. I'll, I'll let them produce it, and I'll just look at them and think how cool it is.
1: Right, or, exactly.
2: Like chain can make the the Slater Orange Ghost Strike Purple. Oh stuff. shit!
1: And I yeah, well, I didn't even mention Sunfire.
2: Enemies. Sunfire. You've seen, you've seen the Annery... The Slayer Annery Sunfire that I produced, right? Yeah, I yeah. definitely have. Yeah. It's still green and with that deep black.
1: Is it a male?
2: Yeah. Send him over. Aaron Hendricks has it. <laughs>
1: Tell him to send it over.
2: He, he's he's a sibling to my little green goblin group.
1: Yeah, I know. That was the one that you tried to convince me to buy and I I wouldn't budge. And I was like, nope, give me the girl.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I've already told Aaron, like, if I ever sell that female, which it's not going to happen, that he gets first pick.
1: Hold on. You told Aaron that he would get first pick on that female? Uh Uh-huh. Bro, I thought we've been talking about this girl, like, forever.
2: I think I've been talking to him longer about it. (laughs) Because he got the male, and he also got the female that produced her. Oh, that's right. He's got the project. He's working that side project, and then I'm just kind of like, Helping him and bouncing yeah. shit back and forth with him. So yeah, we're 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 fingers crossed. We're gonna make more super green retics
1: Yeah, um, yeah, man, I I want to the Hulk just kinda, line. The Hulk, dude. Yeah, I like that. You're onto something.
2: Better than tra- green goblin line. Trade <laughs> trademark. Yeah, yeah green goblin's
0: a like mouthful.
1: It, Hulk, it is, Hulk's but... more
0: identifiable to green. Yeah. yeah. Without being too on the nose.
1: Um, can I ask you guys a question real quick? I mean, did Chris about. did you did you pop on and then Nathan was like, "Wait, let me go get my US Arc shirt," because you were wearing a US shirt.
2: No, uh, he he had it on.
1: Okay, damn it! I wish I would have hey, got the memo.
2: Every podcast I've ever been on, and for the foreseeable future, I will always have a US shirt on.
1: It's not a bad way to rep. Speaking of US Arc, guys, there's some shit that's going down. Um. And Big shit. I don't,
0: not, not, not just little, not, baby not just little alerts where, where are your support could be needed. This is urgent.
1: Yeah. This is another opportunity where we need to get together. And even if you don't live there, go ahead and send letters anyways. Um, it, it doesn't take much to so just get your thoughts laid out and for you to express, um, again, that these legislative, uh, you know they they are always finding a way to sneak it into pieces of legislation that have nothing to do with reptiles um and yeah if you, if you are good with your words if you're good at typing if you you know can write well and even if you don't live there
0: send you, a letter you don't even need, you don't even need that they have it typed out for you yeah.
2: yeah i will say logan made a facebook page for the stuff that's going on in louisiana I can't remember what exactly what it is. It's like Louisiana alert or something along that lines. And Phil recently made a, a post on there talking about what to say and what not to say, who to send it to, who not to send it to. So if you could take a look at that before you send your letter in or check out the USARC website, I think it would help a little bit more than just, you know, blasting them with stuff. So t- take take a look at those pages first. But yeah. It's, it's bad.
1: Uh, yeah. Let's, Come together again and, and, you know, provide assistance where it's needed um, so that USR could be on the front lines, fighting, meeting with legislators, negotiating and trying to help these people see that this piece of legislation or this piece and part of the legislation does not need to be in there. Um, you guys got anything else? Oh, Nathan's muted. <laughs> <laughs> I just shook my
0: won. head. I don't know what you mean.
1: I saw your lids move. That's number one for twenty twenty four.
0: I I think you're you're slacking.
1: Okay, I'm gonna, Adler. Now we're twenty seven. I'm gonna have him make a clip. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I I I don't have much else to add. You guys are kind of the Slayer people. You know, I'm kind of here over in my Kalatoa corner. So, <laughs> not,
2: not every, it, they're not for everybody, but. I it's a good
1: it. corner. It's a good corner to be in, by the way, the cow toe corner. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I will say that um, I- I'm hoping that people see the potential. So has even in regards to shrinking down animals, I would love to see people um, take advantage like this clutch that I produced and get males to take to female peers. I'd like to see more of those crosses and people starting to work the color back into the super door stuff. So we can start to see really good looking high percentage super stuff because you know and and you know i know that garrett has a saying you know 12.5 percent of jam sauce right right little little bit of jam sauce makes a lot of things pop better i, I feel like it's the same exact way with the you you add 12.5 percent or 25 percent of the into a project and it can change drastically the way that the animals look um because I, I love the race to the top with, like, who's going to be the first to make a 99.9999% Superdorf. But I also like, I would like for that to also consider just how the morphs we are making look.
2: Um, well, it's also good to outcross some stuff.
1: Right. Yeah. Um. Anyways, appreciate everyone who has come and tuned in and listened so far. We're going to wrap up with Chris on. Chris, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks uh, for having me, man. Yeah, I'm sure it won't be the last time either. We still need to get you on our Patreon. Oh, no, wait. Were you on our Patreon Zoom Live once before?
2: I, I've been on one. I've been slacking.
1: <laughs> no, I no, need to no. Do no, no I, I mean, like, as a guest. Oh, no, no. No? Okay, we'll have to have you on soon um, to to talk to the, the Patreon members. Um, and if you guys want to – Nathan's on mute again, and he's talking – Two times in
0: one. Damn it! Okay, you you got me there. You got me there. That wasn't a simple one-word no. That that was it. You know, twenty twenty-four f- starting out with a bang.
1: I almost feel bad for you. Go for it. What well, are you going to say? Now
0: I'm totally distracted. Uh, no, I was going to say uh, maybe maybe not this weekend, but next weekend we have a, a little thing going on, so we'll we'll reach out to you.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah, like I was saying. Retick lounge uh, patreon.com forward slash retic lounge go ahead and join today it's only five bucks a month that gets you access to the discord you get a nice little sticker in the mail if you join for a couple months and we'd love to have you on we talk about bioactive stuff we talk about non-reptile related stuff probably more than reptile related stuff but yeah you got anything else Nathan
0: no that's it
1: alright you guys have a good one next
0: week peace
2: out